Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. Believe it or not, I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian as Jack. Still waiting for my pineapple. Gabe as Roy. Would it be cool if my voice got deeper and raspier as this scenario went on? And Matt as Rocky. I don't know why I still put up with these two, and yet here I am. Welcome back, players. How is everybody doing tonight? Good. How are you doing, Keeper? What's wrong with your eyes? Uh, nothing. It's an improvement. Listeners, if you would like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. And uh, we have uh, at least one letter we can read tonight. Nice. From Tabaxi Ranger. They say, nothing better. Five stars. This is the second actual play podcast in my first Call of Cthulhu podcast, and it is amazing. Can't wait for the next episode. When's that? I, I have no idea when that's going to be. I mean, it may never actually happen. Hey, guys, did we did, did we even plan another episode? I, I just thought this was like a one and done kind of thing. Like It's just like one continuous episode. I'm really sorry that this is the best podcast you listen to. We've actually never stopped recording. We just keep keeping on. We, we can't. They won't let. We love to do it. I would also like to take a moment to thank John at Rollers of Relay for interviewing me recently about our humble podcast. I encourage you to check them out on anchor.fm and youtube they have a youtube channel for their other interview with an inspiration series as well as uh their actual play rpg adventures so john appreciate the uh time that you spent talking with me and hopefully uh people enjoyed that it was good yeah that was my first interview so ever yeah how did you get jobs i just went in showed up one day and sat down at the desk who are you i don't know give me my money what would you say you do here i'm a people person i work with customers don't say doing your wife don't say doing your wife don't say doing your wife doing your son all right guys well this show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecraft tapes so i want to just give a quick shout out to those folks welcome back to madeline turnipseed appreciate uh, you coming back on board whoop, whoop. we missed you and it's fun to interact with you on discord you picked the right time to do it because it's our anniversary month and uh you get some extra stuff so yay some extra extra fun stuff coming down the pipeline gross and uh also like to thank wild pants our australian one of our australian listeners uh who is now a supporter Really appreciate that. Yep. Yep. Sorry, these are these are my calm pants. You're wearing pants? He didn't get the memo. I mean, if you can call jorts pants. I've got a jert. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hmm. Hello, lover. It's your old pal Lauren here, with another hot tip to improve your romantic lifestyle. It doesn't matter to me how you swing as long as we get there together, dig? Have you ever found yourself in a stranger's bed the next morning? Body sticking to the sheets like Velcro? Your undergarments flung to all corners of the room? And the scent of animalistic passion still hanging in the air? Trust me, we've all been there. How fast did you get dressed and get the heck out of Dodge? Lickety split, I'll bet. Back home, showered up, a cup of joe in your belly, you feel like a new person, 
But then the phone rings, followed by a series of texts or emails. That stranger wants to get to know you better. Maybe hook up one more time. Or do brunch. And you know deep in your guts, shaking this one-night fling won't be easy. Hush now, baby. Mama's here to help. In partnership with HW Digital, I've developed a smartphone app called Ghosting. Simply download and install from the marketplace, enter your exact home address, then wait. Sometime within the next one to seven days, between the hours of 11 p.m. and 4 a.m., one of our super slinky representatives will surprise you with a very big, very sharp butcher knife. Don't worry, it only hurts a little bit when it first goes in. Approximately 90 seconds later, you have succumbed to the sweet embrace of the hereafter. Our agents get the job done fast. They are professionals, after all. And cultists, too. Did I forget to mention that? Your body will be efficiently dismembered. The butchered limbs arranged tastefully around a yellow sigil painted on the floor, over which your personal chopper will utter unutterable phrases of ancient power. Within moments, your spirit will rise, free to wander this world in a limbo existence, neither heaven nor hell. And with this newfound ability to pass through walls and traverse the globe, you'll be able to finally get rid of that annoying hanger-on. Unless, of course, they download the app as well. In which case, it was probably meant to be. Mmm, ghost nookie. That's all for now, lovers. But don't worry, I won't be ghosting you anytime soon. And we're back. Where'd we go? What'd you guys think of that product in their service? I thought it was brilliant. I mean, the way they sold it and the way they bought it was great. I thought it was too cheap. I want it to be more expensive. Uh, yeah, you get quality when you spend more. Apple products, am I right? Products come and services go, but I'd be willing to bet that one will be here for the long haul. I mean, it has all the hallmarks of other legendary perennial products and their services like Rubik's Cube, Animal Husbandry, Butter Knives, Laboratory Out of Service Signs, Duck Fat Fried Potato Chips, Nickelback Albums, The Smell of Freshly Laid Tar, Hotel Housekeeping, Politicians' Heads and Guillotine baskets, Mark Wahlberg, Braze Purple Cabbages, Slinky, the second season of Friends out now on DVD and Blu-ray, Liver Spots, Blockbuster Video, VHS, Betamax, Laserdisc, Compact Disc, Cassette, 8-Track, and oh god, where did it all go? I thought we were forever, but now I can't remember my own name, and won't you take me home? Are you my son? I want to go home, Daddy! Yes. And that's our show. Thanks for coming by. He's finally lost it, folks. I never had it to begin with. Oh. Now, dear investigators, we continue. Case 11, Haunted Heart. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Strange discoveries on Squantum Point outside the Poe Mance mirror the weird goings-on inside the dilapidated house as darkness falls on our investigators' first day of their new mission. Roy and Danny unearth a bicycle in the underbrush, but are unable to accurately determine whether or not it belonged to one of the missing girls. Jack, Rocky, and Ricky discover a second entry in Eldridge Poe's journal while exploring the pantry area and experience paranormal pranks. Roy manages to uncover a third scrap of the journal, shedding some light on what terrible events may have occurred 
in the mansion long ago. Jack, you're shaking the last few drops from your lily outside, just beneath the raised terrace, when you look up to see the distinct shadow of someone standing at a first-floor window to the left of the main entrance. As you finish zipping up, squinting to make out any facial features, a brilliant blue-white flash of lightning from the west blinds you, and an immediate sizzle rip of thunder deafens, rumbling the earth beneath your feet. It seems the storm clouds you spotted earlier this afternoon have finally arrived with little warning. The sickly sweet scent of decay is whisked away as the warm air blows suddenly colder, the stiff wind bringing with it the unmistakable sound of pattering raindrops making their way from the other side of the river toward this lonely peninsula. Your pupils expand slowly, adjusting again to the dimness, but the shape you saw in the window is now gone. As quickly as I can, move to Danny and let Danny know what I saw in the window. What's going on, Jack? Danny, come with me quick. What's up? Something was just in the window in this room right here, right around the corner. And I'm going to grab the uh, handheld laser grid. Oh, hang on, hang on. I'll I'll grab something, too. So you're going to get the handheld laser grid. This one will be used to point in a specific area to detect movement if it's invisible. And it basically requires a um, spot hidden roll. And then she's going to uh, grab the EMF meter, I think would make the most sense. Because it's a quick and easy way to detect something. And you haven't given her any other indication of what this might be. So she's just going to grab that. It's easily done. So you guys can rush over here. Cool. Thank you. Just off the staircase hall is a cozy reception room where visitors had been taken to comfortably await audience with the Poe family. A cold fireplace dominates the west wall, black soot now the only evidence of long-ago roaring infernos which kept guests warm. Above it is a marble mantle layered with thick dust. Two broken-down easy chairs sag against the wall to the east. A few sad, empty picture frames hang askew on the walls, their canvas subjects having escaped some time past. In the northeast and southeast corners are narrow coat closets. To the south is a dirty window which looks out onto the terrace. And uh, why don't you go ahead and roll me a D100, please? I rolled a 27. Jack, where, where did you see this? I don't see anything uh yeah out that window i was outside relieving myself and i looked up well what did it look like it just looked like a person standing in there staring down at me a guy a girl it's a pervert you're the one who's relieving himself in public as soon as i saw the the shape uh lightning lit up the the entire area yeah i saw there it looks like there's a storm moving in by the time my pupils dilated i couldn't there was nobody there you have pupils are you a teacher of some sort so I'm going to step into the room. I'm going to go up to the mantle of the fireplace and set up that laser grid. Okay, nice. It basically just throws up these pinpoints. Danny moves over too, but she's sort of sticking over close to you and sticking to the wall so that she doesn't disrupt the field that you're setting up. Nice. That's why I wanted to set it there, because we can kind of back ourselves up to the fireplace. And I think you can get a pretty wide swath. The room is quite large, so I think you, you can get, like, let's say the points between the closets so you're not going to get like the main entrance to the north or even the window she's going to be doing the emf meter and you're going to see like some fluctuations on that some lights blinking but you you, you're not really sure what those mean she'll interpret them for you so why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden please i needed a 77 i rolled an 11 which is an extreme success very nicely done. I'm going to go ahead and mark that down as a success in the handout. So you're scanning around, and she's looking at the thing, and she's like, I'm not really seeing it. Oh, oh wait. 
point it over there. And she points towards one of the easy chairs. I point it towards the easy chair. You slowly sweep so that the grid pattern is intact as you sweep it over towards the chair. And as it broaches the edge of the chair, you can clearly see a humanoid form sitting in the chair, stock still. And she's like, right there. Stop. Stop right there. Hold it right there. I'm, I'm going to run and get a camera real quick. She sort of slides against the wall and, and back out into the staircase hall. And you're standing there. I'm going to slowly keeping it on there. And at the same level, I'm going to crouch down just so I can get a better look near the floor to see if, if I see any other disturbances in the, the dust. You slowly crouch down. You can hear Danny trotting softly but quickly back to the vestibule. And you're looking at the floor and you can see that there's like absolutely no disturbance in the dust whatsoever. As you watch, another peal of lightning illuminates the window from outside. And at that exact moment, you see whatever is sitting in the chair turn toward you. Roll for small talk. Why were you watching me go pee? You can hear Danny approaching again from the staircase hall. And just before she re-enters the room, why don't you give me a luck look? I need a 15. I got 70, guys. You're intently watching this thing and querying it. And for the briefest of moments, it becomes corporal. It actually manifests into the same solid, shadowy shape that you saw at the window. Completely black featureless. If he's a corporal, you should tell him you're a general and he'll have to do what you say because you're a higher rank. Generally speaking, he's a corporal. Two stars. It is a man sitting there. And where you expect the mouth to respond to your question, opens and cracks in a white gleaming smile with ivory teeth that appear to be slightly oversized, bigger than human teeth, maybe twice the size. Just this ever-increasing maw opening wider and wider and the teeth just seem to go back and back row upon row and then danny enters the room and it's gone roll for sanity please i needed a 78 i rolled a 29 that's hard nice so you will not be taking any uh, sanity damage however you are slightly shaken when danny reappeared where'd he go as <gasps> soon as you walked in he was gone are you okay you're shaking well, I wasn't finished outside. What do you think? Hey, I get the do off this lily. Hey, oh, forget it's about not it. That tap itself. You'd be shaken too if you saw what I did. What was it? It appeared to me solid. Was it a man or a woman? A black, deep black, dark mass with the largest grin and biggest teeth you've ever seen. Yeah, I guess it could be a shade. I'd have to check the documentation. It wasn't throwing shade. Did you scare it away somehow? Did no, you, uh... I think you might have coming back in the room, but that's not your fault. Oh, God, of course. I'm sorry. I'm just happy that we found something. I just wish I would have got a picture of it, you know? I mean... Yeah, maybe grabbing the uh, full-spectrum POV cam. We can at least, you know, mark this as a hot spot and then maybe come back later uh, once we finish mapping the rest of the house and you know, maybe we can set up some motion cameras and try to capture it. Why don't we set up a recorder in here? Actually, that I, I need to talk to you about that. I think we got something on the EVP. I already went pee. Come on over here and uh, take a listen to this. Put on the headphones, okay? Got him. This is the first question that we asked, okay? This is Roy, and this is his question. And you tell me if you hear anything answering him. Okay. And she presses play on the laptop, and you see the audio line moving across, and you can see the visual indicator of Roy's voice. And Roy says, Tell us what happened to you. And then just faintly, 
You're straining to hear it, listening to the hiss and crackle of the EVP recorder as it's picking up the noise of the silent room in that closet. And then you hear... Rocky, you finish reading the most recently discovered page from Eldridge's diary and can't help but feel a tingle of unease along the nape of your neck. He mentions hooded figures carved sigils, and some sort of ancient sexual rites performed in order to awaken an elder thing. All of this smacks of evil, and if those girls ran afoul of a cultist activity, their blood might be spilled, and soon. The strange door in the other room may lead to the basement, but you'd be willing to bet it cannot be opened without some incantation or other magical means. Eldritch wrote about his grandfather's journals being a clue to some sort of pattern. Perhaps finding that missing tome or more of Eldritch's own handwritten entries will be helpful? Almost in answer, a clap of thunder and lightning shakes the building. And you notice that Ricky has sidled up right next to you and is reading the scrap over your shoulder. Rocky, what does this mean? What what do you make of all this? I... Well, as I tend to say, it, it appears that there is some degree of truth to all those old rumors and stories about the, uh, the, the family that used to live here. Unfortunately for us, it's... It's it's more cult activity. I mean, why is it always cults? What is it with rich people and probing into things that they don't understand? I just don't get it. Yes, it's a uh, it is pretty disturbing. That's I I don't know. I've got a really bad feeling about this. Well, you're not the only one. I get a weird sense of dread that the longer we wait, the girls are further in danger. Yes, well, this isn't my first rich family cult occurrence, and as such, I'm afraid to say that you are perfectly correct. Uh, usually when it comes to any kind of cult activity, it's very strictly time-planned around either uh, some sort of window usually relating to either ley lines or some sort of astrological event. Uh, something that's going to bend the planes of reality a little closer together. Boy, that does not sound good. Yes, it's, it's, it never is. I have a feeling that um, these journal pages that we keep finding scattered about might be our best bet into figuring out just what's happening here. I, I think you're right. Uh, well, I mean, we're pretty much done down here. Uh, maybe we should head upstairs. Uh, I mean, I could take the elevator and you could take the stairs. I was just about to suggest the same. I don't think there is much we've missed here on the first floor. And whatever we have can probably easily mopped up by both Jack and Danny. Yeah, that sounds good. What, what about your brother? I mean, he looks a little out of it right now. I, should we clue him in on this or... Roy, as you holster long sleeves, you realize those red rum drinks may have gotten the better of you. In fact, you're seeing a slight ghosting effect around both Rocky and Ricky, as if their auras were pulsing with an unhealthy green hue. When they talk, their voices echo faintly like they're emanating from the bottom of a deep, deep well. That, of course, makes you think of the collapsed well at Blaine Manor, and the conjured memory of that event is nearly enough to sober you up. Samantha, Dan, gone who knows where. Despite the nearby presence of Rocky and Ricky, you feel very, very alone right now. The wind picks up outside, its low howl mirroring the ache in your heart. Basically, you're going to be a little unsteady for the next hour or so as you deal with the effects of the red rum. For the next hour, you're going to take a penalty die to any dex-related rolls. You sort of are watching 
uh, Ricky and Rocky just outside the uh, utility room where you were and found that journal page. You start to sway in place slightly and you hear... Are you paying attention? Roy. What? Gonna walk him out into the dining room and set him down in one of the chairs at the table. You stay put here until you can walk without falling over every seven steps. And I'll get up. No, sit, sit, stay. I can do seven steps, man. Stay put. We'll be back. We're just heading upstairs real quick, and we're going to have a quick little look around. Fine. You guys go do that. Rocky, would you like to go in the lift or up the stairs? I've learned from previous experiences with elevators in this game, so I'm going to take the stairs. So you're going to pop up the stairs. Ricky is going to climb into the elevator and uh, take that up to the second floor, where we'll put you in just a moment. But first... Roy, as you watch Ricky and Rocky move away, you kind of have a weird feeling because you see this weird green hue ghosting around them, and, it, and there's it's almost like a little chemtrail behind them. So you're kind of wondering if maybe those red rum drinks had something a little extra in them, and you might be hallucinating slightly. The answer is LSD. Always. And part and parcel to that, uh, you think you hear a voice calling from... Just to that south door. You can hear Rocky trudging up the stairs. You can hear Ricky engaging the lift. But you it sounds like you hear this faint voice. You can't quite make it. It just sounds like, I'll get up and follow the voice because I don't listen to Rocky. You sort of walk into this hallway, this service hallway, looking to the left and the right. And you realize uh, you've never quite been through that western door. You're not quite sure what's through there, but you're pretty sure that's the direction the voice came from. Then I'll go through that door. So you move into the east lobby, which essentially mirrors the west lobby that you've already been in, where you heard the ghostly voice coming from the closet. Before I leave out of this room, I'll sort of look at it. Uh, for footprints like we were earlier, since it's fresh, dusty. Go ahead and give me a just D100, please, on this one. Don't do it. It's a trap. The dust is going to kill me. 36. You have severe allergies. Why are you kicking up dust? So you don't see anything unusual in this east lobby. All right, well, then I'll continue down to this following the voice. Basically right here in front of this uh, sliding doors. I'll open the doors. Beyond, you smell a familiar scent. It's dust, but it's also pool chalk. Uh, you have discovered the billiards room. Ooh. Even though the Poe family mostly kept to themselves, they still required diversion from time to time. So this rumpus room was equipped with two billiards tables, as well as several gaming tables, including a chess set, which is still set up to play. The marble pieces are speckled with dust, but all accounted for. Uh, storage bench seats have been installed in three corners of the room. The whole area smells like cigar smoke, and there are telltale yellow stains on the ceiling. Stools and chairs lean in various states of disrepair throughout the space. And uh, Roy is now in heaven, and he'll start rifling through all the games and clicking around on on the pool table, racking it all up and breaking, practicing my breaking, realizing that this is what the voice wanted me to find. This is the best voice ever, man. This is nothing. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please. I need a 75. I got a 30. That's a hard. Go ahead and roll me D100, please. 83. 
The billiards tables themselves are missing quite a few balls, but there's a couple still here in pretty bad disrepair. Mostly the pool cues, you find like one or two laying around and they're very warped. They're like barely usable. You could just imagine that this would be a great place for the richy riches to come and hang out and talk business and make big, powerful deals. If you didn't know what you knew about the Poe family, that they were very cloistered. And this was probably a place that their family members came and and just sort of sadly played games amongst themselves and didn't interact with anybody else unless maybe it was a uh, pirate going up the river selling an artifact of some unknown power. He sunk my battleship. Yeah, at first you're pretty excited about all this. And then as you look at more of the details, you're filled again with that strange sadness. And you're wandering over towards the, looking at a dartboard that is against the east wall and coming from inside one of the bench seats to the northeast you clearly hear that voice again and it sounds like someone whispering daddy he is so torn right now is what to do that face is just i'll go over to the bench seat Ooh, and that's where you made the mistake bangs on the seat shut up in there i'm trying to play pool i'll lift it up quickly You lift it up quickly to surprise whoever might be hiding inside there. And there's a swirl of dust, but clearly the bench seat is empty, does not contain someone hiding. However, in the dust swirl, you see another scrap of paper. I'll grab it. December 21st, 1992. Last night, I believe I may have uncovered the truth or at least a portion of it. My mother makes mention of animation by means of imbuement in her diary, and though I'm not fully certain of the meaning, I am struck with portent. Me too, dude. Did they mean to transfer a spirit to another vessel, a kind of possession? She also alludes to an ancient relic buried beyond the veil. I've discovered suspicious newspaper articles regarding missing children in the region, dating back at least a hundred years. Why would my family collect these stories if they were not somehow involved? The children never were never found. These days, my health has become frail, and I am no longer able or willing to putter around the attic, nor venture the basement. Besides, both of these places now feel alien and malevolent to me. Perhaps my imagination is running riot, but I hear noises at night as if someone or something moves inside the walls. So we'll go ahead and leave you there, and we're going to go ahead and pick up with Ricky and Rocky real quick. Moving on up to the second level move. You have uh, traversed the stairs and got up to the rear hallway. It's sort of a switchback staircase. Essentially, you guys arrive at the same time. So she rode the lift, which is pretty slow going up. So you, you uh, come out into a little like foyer area and Ricky comes out to meet. Uh, anything? Do you see anything? Hear anything? Uh, not yet, but we do now have a whole new floor of this place to explore. So shall we see what's behind door? Number one, and I'm going to open the door that's just to the north here and peek inside. Should we split up or should we stick together? Is that a little safer? Uh, Generally, it's wiser if we stick close together. I made that mistake last time I was in the field. Clearly, this was some kind of reading room. There is a bookcase and a bench seat in the southeast corner. Two doors on the west wall lead to a bathroom and a walk-in closet. A small desk sits in the northwest corner. Ah, you want the desk or the bookcase? I like books, so I'll take a look at the books. 
that's all right with you. Hopefully we find some sort of journal remnant in here somewhere. And I'm going to head over to the desk and start rummaging through the drawers for anything useful. Go ahead and roll me a spot hidden, please. I needed a 60. I rolled a 41. That is a success. And then also roll me a D100, please. I rolled a three. So uh, Ricky goes and looks over near the bookcase and the uh, seat that is right in front of it. And you're very intent upon the desk. Unfortunately, it looks like there's nothing of interest in this thing. Then you hear the toilet flush in the bathroom. I assume that was not you. No, I'm over here. Is there somebody in there? Well, we're about to find out. I'm going to gun out flashlight on top and very slowly stalk into the bathroom going to like sweep across the room when I get in just to cover my corners. You walk into the bathroom. It's it's not terribly big. There's a you know tub and a sink, which is right there. And then the toilet is sort of around the side of the uh, bathtub. And you can hear the water swirling down the bowl, but there, there's clearly nobody there. There is a light switch right inside. There's actually two bulbs, but one of them is missing. And the other one sort of flickers. Well, looks like our ghost had to use the toilet. I don't know why. It makes no sense. Well, sometimes they like to play pranks. And what we've seen downstairs, I think that's what they're doing up here, too. Uh, I mean, this is actually pretty good news that, you know, so far we've only encountered something that's playful, maybe. Maybe poltergeist activity. Whatever you do, don't swear at it in a darkened room, okay? Motherfucker. Oh, uh. I will make a mental note that the toilet was activated with nobody on it. Uh, Any... Luck with the bookcase over there. I've got nothing in this desk. No, it's it's pretty empty. I didn't I didn't notice anything. Um, it's been cleaned out. There, I did find uh, one copy of Alice in Wonderland, but uh, all the pages were ripped out. It was just empty. That's a very terrible thing to do to a book. I, I think we should, you know, try to wrap this up as quickly as possible if we can. Yes, I mean, again, timeline and whatnot. Give me one second here, and I'm going to very quickly just peek my head into the closet to make sure that I'm not missing anything. Yeah, you see a couple broken hangers. There is actually a cloak of some sort crumpled to the ground, but it's been torn up and kind of moldering, and it has a little bit of greenish mold in it. A cloak of respiratory infection. Well, uh, nothing in this closet either. I did, however, spot a door on the other side of the bathroom, if you care to continue on. Uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. And I'm going to head back through the bathroom and through the door on the other side. You can only surmise what this room might have been used for, considering all furniture and wall adornments have been removed. The dust is especially thick here, obscuring all evidence of whether this was once a bedroom or a study or... A built-in bookcase flanks the southern fireplace, while two doors in the southeast corner each lead to empty closets. At least there's a bookcase. Again, maybe something useful there. And I'm going to just kind of walk my way over to the bookcase and start scouting that. So she's going to just sort of check out the uh, windows and and peek outside to see if there's anything. Uh, There are flashes of lightning coming through the windows uh, still occasionally. It seems to actually be intensifying. And there is rain spattering now against the windows, giving everything sort of this lulling atmosphere. So go ahead and give me a spot hidden and then a D100, please. I needed a 60. I rolled a 27. That's a hard success. And then I rolled a 72. Again, you're you're seeing like these tatters of books that don't appear to be worth much. Uh, You do find a couple of them are, are intact, but they're just mass market hardcovers. Nothing of any interest. However, since you rolled a hard, you do find a spool of red thread sitting on the bookcase. I need more of this to finish my map back home. It's a bit odd. It's just sort of sitting there. And as you inspect it a little bit more closely, you see that it it has been unspooled 
a bit. As you follow the line of where the thread is going, it looks like it's going underneath the door straight to the west there. Uh, Ricky, I think I have found something of interest. What is it? You see this red thread that's sitting here? It appears to go off the bookshelf and under this door. Well, I guess we should follow it. I'm not I'm not seeing anything here. The storm is coming in harder now. At a certain point, we're probably going to have to bunker down. I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little sleepy. Well, until then, we push on. And I'm going to open the door and follow the thread through into the next room. Through that door to the west is a hallway. You can tell that if you were to go south, you can see there's like an overarching doorway that mirrors what you saw downstairs leading to the staircase hall. So that's probably where the upper staircase hall is. There is a door to the um, west directly across. Uh, There is a small closet in this area. And there is also stairs leading up. The thread disappears around the corner going underneath this door directly to the north. It looks like the thread continues this way, and I'm going to keep following it up and through the door. I'm just going to take a peek up the stairs, if you don't mind. Yes, but do be careful. If if I had a dollar for every time something happened in a creepy old house where I went up to an attic alone, I would have approximately six dollars and fifty cents. I just want to make sure it is the attic. I I won't go in. I'm just going to check it out real quick. And I'm within shouting distance, so... All right, then. And I'm going to keep following the string. So you open up the door... It creaks as if it were somewhat stuck or rusty. Maybe hadn't been oiled in quite some time. Tucked away at the far end of a short hallway is a sewing room. There are loose strings of multicolored thread scattered on the carpeted floor, as well as a few discolored needles. An ancient foot-operated sewing machine sits on a squat table against the west wall. A tiny closet on the south wall still holds a few spools of black thread and two skeins of red yarn. Well, someone in sure took their hobby seriously. And I'm going to just take a look around the room, shuffle through the, the yarn, make sure nobody left anything interesting behind. Give me a spot hidden, please, and a D100. I needed a 60. I rolled a 100, which means add one ticker to the I fumbled, therefore I donate to charity counter. And then I rolled an 84. Needle, meet eye. Don't give him ideas. Oh, God, why is there a used heroin needle? You're looking around, wondering what the heck. Why wasn't any of this stuff moved? And why would it still be here? Then you remember the thread led you here. You spot it again, leading from underneath the door. And it sort of snakes along the wall northward to that northeast corner where there is a page of the journal that is lying on a pile of yarn. And as you get closer, you can see that it has been stitched using that red thread onto that pile of yarn. And I'm going to get close enough to try and read it just to see if it's still legible or if they sewed it to the point where I can't read it anymore. You get close enough to this journal to notice that the words are there. You can just about make them out. But it looks as almost as if someone had taken the red thread and actually stitched each of the letters so they're composed of the thread. And as you lead in to try to decipher this piece of paper, you hear the sewing machine kick into gear. At the same time, you see the red thread grow taut that is leading back through the door and another piece a yellow piece of thread leads to the sewing machine and together they pull the letters out of the journal page 
until there is just ripped shred holes fluttering to the pile of yarn. Roll for sanity. And I'm going to go have to destroy this particular page. This one you will never see. Could have been worse. I mean, not really. That might have been the one page that gives us the answers we need. Endless case now. You're still alive. So, yeah, you have a very sinking feeling because this might have contained a clue that would get you either closer to the girls or somehow get an answer to what is going on in this house. And that's when you hear Ricky rushing back down the stairs toward you. Rocky, Rocky, are you okay? You think that's funny, huh? I'm going to wheel around the room, yelling at nothing, and I'm going to pull my gun out, and I'm going to shoot the sewing machine because I'm so pissed at it. Roll for ricochet. Ricky watches in horror as you decimate a sewing machine with your gun. And we're going to switch back real quick to our folks downstairs. So, Jack, you and Danny walk into the billiard room at the east end of the house to see Roy reading a piece of paper. Smoking a cigar I found in playing pool. He lit the cigar with that piece of paper. (laughs) Roy, what'd you find? I just found this entry, you know. I've been finding all of them, and you guys seem to just be slacking around. Yeah, we're just going to follow you around from now on. No, that'll mess up the whole system. Where's Rocky and, uh, what's the other girl's name? Ricky. I don't know. They told... You had to think on her name, bro. We've been here for a while. They told me to go stay in the kitchen. Why? I don't know. Something about me being a danger to myself and others. Yeah, you're the one that finds the next entry. So you understand why it was a ridiculous statement. Word. You want to play some pool? Yeah, let's play some pool. Wait a minute, guys. Danny, we're playing pool. What exactly did you find, Roy? And I'll hand her the paper. She sort of brings it up and looks at it and tilts it towards Jack. Uh, is this creeping you out at all? Everything in this place is creeping me out. I know, but what we heard on the EVP, maybe Roy should take a listen? Roy, come back and hear what we didn't hear yet. Well, just steal yourself because this is very creepy. Man, I've heard Diamondus Galas before. I'm sure I can handle this. And she puts the uh, earphones on you. She sets it up exactly like she did for Jack. And Jack and Danny watches. Roy intently focuses in on the laptop. She plays the first clip. And, of course, you hear yourself just as you were sitting cross-legged in front of the closet. If there's any ghosts, tell us what happened to you. And then there's this moment of deep silence and static and then you hear jet fuel can't melt steel beams well you hear what sounds like a boy's voice it's very staticky and kind of far away you really have to concentrate to hear it and it says daddy hello and you immediately recognize raid's voice I'm going to need you to roll sanity now. You really just love putting me in make Roy go crazy situations, huh? Oh, look at that. I needed a 61. I got a 98. That's almost a fumble, but a fail. You will take one point of sanity damage. So you've lost three so far within this time frame. Yeah, we have to be careful of that because you are starting to get a little shaky. I'll rip off the headphones and I'll like sort of writhe around on my ears, like rubbing them out. And then I'll go over to that bench seat and I'll smash the top of it off. Roy, what is it? Why? What? What's upsetting you so much? The voice. Did you hear the boy's voice? That's not just a boy. That's my boy. What? It was Raid. The one you lost? Yeah. Roy, are you okay? 
yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be okay. So Danny's just sort of standing there watching you two, and, and she's, like, absorbed by the melodrama. And we turn around, Telemundo, stay tuned next week for... <laughs> Are you guys okay? I mean, I realize this is disturbing, but I thought you guys were professionals. We'll be fine. It's just hitting close to home. Let's listen to the rest of it. Okay, I I think uh, we won't listen to it with headphones. Good idea. Roy, this is what Jack and I heard on the second tape. I'm going to move over near Roy so I can be there in case it strikes him again. Or if I have to strike him. Danny brings over the laptop and just basically turns up the speakers 100% so that you can really hear it. Now, Roy, this is what Jack and I heard. This is this was my question, if you remember. And she hits play on the second file. And you can hear her voice say, Have you seen any little girls? And then, quite clearly, almost immediately you can hear a young girl call out, we're here. Don't leave us. Roy. I think she's here and doesn't want us to leave them. There's something else, though. Here, let me, let me I'm going to adjust some levels here. But concentrate past her voice and you can hear something under it. It's in the basement. A second voice. Oh. The earth is actually flat. And she adjusts some scrubbers in the audio file and does a little bit of audio magic and then plays it again. And you can hear her say, have you seen any little girls? And you can hear the first girl call out. But then underneath that, you can hear a second young girl, her voice in the background, as if they're in the same room saying something at the same time. And the second girl's voice says, I won't cry. I will go mad. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. This place might have ghosts. No. No. Not sure yet. Not at all. No ghosts. So they pulled the spirits out of the kids in an attempt to use their bodies for immortality. Transfer your soul in, boom, you're young again. Unfortunately, the souls of the kids that got yanked out of their own bodies are now stuck here. And it'd be cool if we knew why, like if we had another page that would like explain why. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but what's still doing it? What's still pulling the kids' souls out? Because obviously there's nobody here to remain young. Whatever that thing they awoken, maybe that's part of the deal? John Carpenter's The Thing is doing it. It's, it's just constantly, it's going to keep doing it to anybody that comes in. It's just going to pull them out of everybody mm-hmm. that comes through. Well, I'm out of here. I'm going to get some pizza. <laughs> Bye, Felice. Any theories about who that might be? That might be the entity that's doing this all, as far as I know, having the power to smile. Maybe it's the house that does it to you. And this is just the entity that keeps you trapped in the house. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe she's born with it. I'm going to go ahead and say that that which took raid the one that took the thing that took raid is somehow associated with this house maybe if i learn my damn kids names they wouldn't target me that might be helpful roy's body is dead so maybe roy's whatever's in this body that he has now is still connected somehow with that other side because of that and that's why he's getting all the clues and he's getting all the contacts and he's getting all the personal stuff yeah he has some sort of connection to the other world because his body has died okay i'd buy that well let's wrap this up with some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions so roll d100 okay so it's going to be a matt Brian, Gabe, then me. Uh, Start us off, Matt. 
So this week, I'm going to recommendo a a game from Supergiant Games, which is a fairly well-known indie studio. Uh, it's called Hades. Uh, what it is is it's uh, an action roguelite RPG where you play the the son of the lord of the underworld himself hades and you're kind of sick and tired of being stuck in the underworld it's no fun being around all these dead people all the time and just recently the gods up above discovered that you exist and they want you to leave the underworld and join them on mount olympus so the game is a story of you attempting to escape the different layers of the underworld in order to make your way up to olympus and the game itself is, again, like I said, it's a roguelite. So it's a game about making your way through procedurally generated levels where every time you do it, everything's a little bit differently. It's really well done. It has a really unique style. Uh, the game is totally voice acted. All the characters talk. Each of the gods has their own unique personality, uh, whether that's Zeus or... Aphrodite or Athena or Poseidon, and along with their unique personalities, they offer unique upgrades. So as you go through the game, as you clear the rooms and the levels, there's a chance that you can earn temporary upgrades for that playthrough from any of the gods that are there, and they all have a whole suite of different upgrades that can either augment how you're currently playing or totally and radically shift your play style. So it is super, super replayable in that every run you do, you're going to get different power-ups, you're going to find different gods, you're going to fight different enemies, and it is a lot of fun. The gameplay is fast, it is fluid, and I just keep going back for more because it's just such a great overall experience. It's called Hades, and it is currently out for $24.99 on Steam, and I believe the Epic Store as well. All right, uh, Brian, I believe you're up next. Uh, it's an oldie but a goodie. I'm going to recommend a movie. Anaconda. No, arachnophobia. I uh, just watched this the other day. I think it was Saturday. Only the second time I've ever seen it. First time was, I think, in theaters. It creeped me out. <laughs> I did not like spiders here. It's so many more layers than what I initially saw. It has uh, Julian Sands in it, and that's the main reason to watch it. He was fantastic as the scientist that exploring the rainforest to find undiscovered species. And they uh, discover more than they wanted to. Unknowingly sending a extremely poisonous spider back to the States in a coffin and infecting this small little town with killer spiders after one bite in about five to ten seconds you're dead makes it look like he had a heart attack so um jeff daniels and uh john goodman are also in it but uh really good movie it's them figuring it out saving the town check it out it's uh arachnophobia it's about spiders if you hate spiders it's really good therapeutic all right gabe how about you buddy i'm also recommending a movie it's known by two names depending what region you're in it's dead alive or brain dead directed by peter jackson uh who we know for lord of the rings i mean we should know him for this it's basically it's a movie in set in new zealand about just this like dorky guy who has an overbearing mom and all that kind of stuff and all of a sudden there's a zombie outbreak and he is the one that has to like try and keep it under wraps. He's he spends like a lot a lot of the movie trying to hide the zombies from people and do all these stupid things and it's just it's very funny to see the way he goes to it and also the way that the uh zombies interact with him is hilarious. And then and then you know it, it it's 
a fairly low budget movie but for what it is the practical effects are awesome and that's really the crux of the movie for me the guy who plays his uncle is hilarious the just i don't know everything about the movie is enjoyable and i'm losing my voice so that's all i got to say about it check out brain dead dead alive i kick ass for the lord (laughs) all right thanks gabe i am also going to recommend a movie i recently got to see uh 1987's enigma by director lucio fulci and of course we all know fulci from house by the cemetery and new york ripper and the gates of hell and just all these crazy italian slasher and giallo movies that he's well known for. And this was a part of the Alamo Draft House's Dismembering the Alamo, which is not to be confused with Dismember the Alamo, which is the in-person screenings of horror movies. What they do is they make you buy a ticket and you get to see a horror movie, but you don't know what it's going to be. You can only cross your fingers and hope it's something you haven't seen. And somehow, some way, they managed to pick like the one Fulci movie that I have not seen. Which I was like, holy crap, how did this even happen? It's a crazy movie. So tell me if you've heard this before. There's a young girl who's bullied in school and gets her revenge on the bullies. What does that sound like to you? Carrie? The only twist is she dies right off the bat in a horrible accident. So sounds a little bit like Terror Train, maybe? But even though she's clinically dead, wires and diodes and IVs keep her body alive, so she's exacting violence psychically. Sounds like Patrick, right? The film takes place at an all-girls college in Boston, and by Boston I mean Italy, because it is a Italian movie that's made to look like Boston, and centers on a new girl who quickly becomes possessed by the barely-kept-alive bullied girl. Sounds a little bit like Suspiria, right? Heck, Even the school is run by this council of women who are totally not witches, guys. Totally not witches. Anyway, the plot is all melodrama with a few murder set pieces, which are only slightly gory, but kind of icky, especially the hundreds of snails, which supernaturally appear on a naked girl while she's sleeping and suffocate her. Snails, guys, snails. But that's part of the charm of this, because everything is over the top and stupid and ridiculous, but also like... Just weird and icky and creepy. So it never gets boring. And despite the relatively tame nature of it, by Fulci standards, uh, the violence is a little subdued because, you know, we're not seeing nipples sliced with razor blades. We're not seeing a drill going into someone's forehead or anything like that. It's still kind of fun. At the end of the day, it's a Fulci film, so it has all his weird little quirks, his stylistic twists. So if you haven't seen it, 1987 Enigma is worth checking out. Cool. And that's it for this episode of Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. And thank you, everybody who was chatting along with us in Twitch. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody wants to buy a slightly shot up sewing machine, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if you want to give me some advice on how to remember these damn kids' names, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. And I'd like everybody to take a moment to send Roy some love and support because he's going through some right now. You can reach out to me if you need his info at Brian Podcasts. Until next time, roll for raid. To kill bugs? Shadow Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Today's sponsor, Ray Shadow Legends.
The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2020. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.